0: You are listening to Claret and Blue, an Aston Villa podcast brought to you by Birmingham Live. Oh, fresh new little intro music there. Fresh era Aston Villa with Unai Emery winning back-to-back games in the Premier League. 100% record for Unai Emery. I thought, let's have a positive bit of music instead of the, the heavy rock we used to have. Now, we had a few complaints over the last few weeks how it kind of like scares people's cats when the intro music starts usually because it's so like aggressive and in your face. So I'm sure we'll get plenty of complaints about the new one as well. But there it is. I'm Dan and your host for today's show. I'm joined by John Townley. Uh, John, thanks for joining us as ever. That's not going won a game on the road, mate. The first time this season. Buzzing.
1: I'm oh, emotional. Genuinely like what a <laughs> emotional one. in the emotional. other way to United. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. What a difference a couple of days, mate. Honestly, just huge win. Uh, you really can't underplay it. It's um what have we waited a few a few months for an away when we have we haven't had one this season, so more than that now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just massive. I love in the last 20 minutes, half an hour how um, the game management, everything about it was, you know, yes, we can play some good football, but at the same time, we can slug it out. And I think every player probably got booked at the end. But mm-hmm. no, what a win. We we needed that so desperately. And you can see what it meant to the players and Emery after the game too. Um, yeah, massive before the break. But no, Brighton, a really good team. So to go there and win, I think before the game, I was I was all up for just taking the point. If we could get four points out of United and Brighton, brilliant. Instead, we've taken six out of six, which is excellent. Two really top teams in the yeah, division. really, really good. No, really good, really good afternoon.
0: Yeah, obviously we had the disappointment of the cup exit, and we've kind of been all been through that on, on Thursday night. But you know, if we'd have said before Emory we came. Well, you know what would you have taken out of Man United at home and, and brought in away. I think three points from from both games. You just said is a is an okay start. You can't forget about the cup to to a certain extent. As much as we were, we were both disappointed to go out of it, and I've said the club will be disappointed as well. But to have a hundred percent record in, the, in your two games, win at home, break that duck of of twenty seven years of not beating Man United at Villa Park, and then follow that up by getting your first away win of the season. Uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, uh, the, well, the perfect start, effectively, for, for Emery. And there's been, obviously, issues throughout the game and throughout the Man United game that we will talk about as well. It's, it's not perfect already, but it is three points, so it's six points. And then you literally can't ask for more than that at this stage. And we'll start as we normally do. I've got a couple of notes, but I'm going to try and keep this a little bit structured. So we'll go back to team news. That's where we always start, because that makes the most sense. Are you A little bit concerned to see Ollie Watkins not in the squad due to illness and, and Leon Bailey only down to the bench, or did you still think we'd have enough to to get through today? Uh,
1: no, I think those were two. Well, at the start of the game, I thought those would be two really big misses. Uh, mm. obviously, we're not what, what Watkins brings, you know, off the ball and in position too, but off the ball is so important in terms of setting the press. And I think he scored a few goals against Brighton over the last few years as well. I remember last year he. Um, pulled Veltman around a lot mm. uh, and got a goal uh, away last year, and obviously Bailey's probably in the form of his career in terms of when since he joined Villa. Um, glad that he could at least come on the pitch and play uh, a play a part. Obviously, him coming off the off, off the bench is uh, you know very useful. And no, shame for Watkins, but we managed to get the job done, didn't we? Um, yeah, but before the game, that was two big abs- absences for us. I think was it when who kind of went up front with what uh, ing Sorry. Mm-hmm. McGinn and Hamilton an kind of, yeah, yeah. as the two behind. Uh, so it worked in the first half to an extent. Obviously, we, we made that mistake, which we'll touch on in the first couple of minutes. But I thought McGinn was much better today. Mm-hmm. Um, he you know, played very well. And yeah, we got the job done without two players who were integral to the way Emery, I presume, will want to be playing after the World Cup break. Yeah. So now that makes it even sweeter, I suppose, knowing that we can bring players in, and that we're we're not relying on two players to you know create something or to initiate a press or whatever it may be. Those two players are very important, but we've proven that we've got quality in Dannyings, which we know. dear, uh, John McGinn, say so playing well today. Ramsey I thought was very good. Mm. Um so yeah, really good. But I was yeah slightly worried at the start.
0: It's kind of what we said. In the, in the back end of Stephen Gerrard's era, that these players should be good enough with a proper coach to get results. And we kind of said, you know, people are going, oh, you know, these players aren't great. And, you know, even on their best days, some of them shouldn't be shouldn't be in a top-half side. But it, it, there is quality throughout that squad and coach correctly and, in, and with confidence and on form. You know, in the perfect scenario, these players should be good enough to get into the top half. Danny Ings should score goals. John McGinn should be able to contribute we'll talk about John McGinn a little bit later because further forward is it's a much better position for him. Yeah. Let's get the Brighton goal out of the way, first of all. Try and get the yeah. negative out of the way, first of all. You know, 60 seconds into this game. Before the game, if you just said a point today, I'd, have, I'd probably been quite happy with that, to be honest. After the Man United win a point away, um, I'll, I'll take that. 60 seconds into the game, I'll we'll have snapped your hand off for a point, given the way we started. And We'll talk about the actual three playing at the back in a second as well. I flashed up something on Sky saying Brighton have gone ahead you know, 20 games or something. They've won 15, drawn five and lost none or something like that. They've never lost when, when, <laughs> when scoring first. And you just thought, well, that record might come to an end at some point, but it won't be Villa that do it. It won't be, won't be today. The best we'll do today is a point, given what we've seen you know, throughout, the, throughout the vast majority of the season. So I didn't expect us to have that kind of mental resilience to come back in the first place. Um, but just talk me through that goal. Sloppy, annoying, frustrating, but ultimately doesn't matter thankfully.
1: Yes. Uh, yeah, really poor goal to concede and really shocked me that we conceded as well. I thought we would be a team that would start well, judging how we played against United twice. You know, we were good. Mm. Um, I can't. I know there's been a lot of debate on, was it Martinez's fault? Was it Louise's fault? Not to sit on the fence, but I thought it was both their fault. I think...
0: Yeah, a bit of both.
1: please for me, I initially blamed him quite a lot because I'm thinking if you're a midfielder in the first 60 seconds of a football match, you need to be switched on. If you don't know where McAllister is behind you, that's already an issue mm. when the ball and you need to be first to the ball. You need to just flick it around the corner, do something. But at the same time, if you watch the replays, you've got Kamara next to uh, Louise. That was probably the pass that Martinez should have played, and the pass that Martinez played anyway it was quite sloppy and slow. So mm-hmm. it kind of just summed us up, really, didn't it? We were caught on our heels literally straight away. Um, and I think Jeremy obviously-
0: Carragher said that is pressing down and gave Martinez no other choice but to go to Louise. but you can also put your foot through it and clear the danger in the first oh. 48 yeah, seconds as well.
1: Yeah, and you can always give it to, to Mings if you need to. Like, There was many options, but for me, Louise was, wasn't it was the wrong option. It was just that he was on his toes. He wasn't ready. He didn't know, uh, was it McAllister that was behind him? Mm. Um, so I, it was kind of a mix of a lot of players not necessarily switching on the first you know, opening minute, and Brighton were. I think Brighton have done that a few times. I remember there was a goal last season as well that Basuma nabbed off someone's toes. I forget who the team was, but it doesn't matter. Um, it was identical to that, so that's how they always press, and we mm. were caught out the first minute. But you know, for a team that hasn't, I think, the last away wins uh, the last time we come back from a goal behind, away from home, was Tottenham 2-1, 2020-21 to season. That's mm. over, like, 27 away games, I think it is. So, to go down that early, one part of me says, <laughs> surprised we didn't collapse, but then the other side is, <laughs> if you're going to make that mistake, do it in the 60 seconds, uh, first 60 seconds, and then you can... Come
0: well, back from the it. last 60 seconds, <laughs> and end up drawing the game at the death. Yeah, yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah, uh, but, praise to our character and you know yeah to the players that we could have easily have you say we got a goal back but then we had 30 minutes to hold on at the end didn't we so yeah thoroughly good performance and it was really nice just to see us be that team i've seen it in the comments quite a lot the game management the way that we just nulled it out you, it's frustrating obviously for the home team but the way we um managed it was was uh, you know really pleasing N- not good for the heart <laughs> you know, i think we were yeah. the last 30 minutes it was rough like the last eight yeah, minutes too where hard did hard. the
0: eight minutes come from for the added time?
1: I think two feathers, no mean. more stoppages. And then, yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was because Brighton were at home as well. I don't think that would have happened to Villa Park if, um, mm. if we were winning, wasting a bit of time. But no, it makes all the sweeter, I suppose. We've just had 40 minutes of hell um, and got through with three points. So, yeah, massive win. Mm,
0: there's a couple of points there. You say that the last time we won away when going down uh, first was Tottenham away. Do you know the last time that we won just from behind home or well, obviously home because it's more recent than the way I won? Do you remember that?
1: No, the only oh. game I I think of that had a lot of goals would have been Leeds. That would be my only um, shout, but I don't know.
0: Unfortunately not. My stats show, no, and that AVFC stato is in the comments somewhere. Um, so you'll prove me wrong if this is incorrect. I've got the last time was December 5th, 2021. Leicester at Villa Park. Harvey Barnes scored first, nice. and then concert scored yeah. twice.
1: Yeah, and we had the Jacob Ramsey and Schmeier at the mm, I
0: think that yeah. was the last time we came from behind at all. Obviously, the last away game was the Spurs one this season. Four is it? Yes. Yeah. yeah, May twenty-one versus December twenty-one. Yeah. So that back in the last season. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: Which either way, whichever way we want to dress it up, it's grim, isn't it? That if you go down at some point, you're thinking, "Well, Villa aren't going to win today, or well, Villa aren't going to get anything." That's a horrible position to be in. So it should now be. I'm not saying this is the the, the the turning point that if we do go down, we do have that resilience. But we've said before, like, how do you instil confidence and stuff into players? Obviously, <laughs> that a Dan Stato Rose and I'll just nicked it off somebody else to be honest, mate. Um, okay. uh, but like you. It's good to have that mental resilience. And we talk about like instilling confidence into players and how do you do that? And it should just kind of like be an arm around the shoulder and say, well, you scored against so-and-so before. Like you've got this in you. Like go back to that place and find it. You know, like to think, well, you beat Man United in my first game in charge here. Like you were you were able to compute what we were telling you after four training sessions. You went to Brighton away and you came back from from 1-0 down and you had that resilience to, to fight back and the toughness to see out 30 minutes or so at the end. Like go back to that place and do it again. I don't know if it's as simple as that, but you feel like we've done it before, do it again. So I hope this is the turning point now. We don't have these horrible statistics going forward saying, oh, the last time we won away from home when we conceded first was two and a half seasons ago and three years ago. It's, it's rubbish, isn't it? We, we need to be better than that going forward.
1: Absolutely. Um, the only caveat, not to be negative, but obviously when Gerard came in, we, we beat Brighton and beat Palace. That was a great away win. And then yeah. things of, uh, as we mentioned earlier, the Leicester game, come back from uh, being behind but it does feel different because it's clearly no fluke we know what Emery's done in the game it's, yeah. series itself. it's a different it's a different kind of fish isn't it and um, as, we, as we go on with the way we played we didn't play that sounds stupid but we didn't play to win that game we played the Emery brand of football with a different set of players that have been coached by Gerard and Smith and different not sure how to put it but we didn't we didn't go I don't know route one and play to win that game we played Emery's way to get to try and win the game, I don't know how to, to quite make that make sense. But just to say that we were playing out from the back when maybe we shouldn't have at sometimes, but we'll do it because in the long run, that's what's um, going to make us a better team and coach these players into the Emery way. Yet we're still getting three points from it as well. So it's not as if we're playing this one game, playing direct and using a one weakness in Brighton's team we're trying to play our own brand of football as well and that's not going to work all the time and we were getting frustrated at, at some point some of no, the fans were in terms of playing out from the back maybe it's not going to work i think martin has went long a few times and that did work so why don't we do that more often mm. but we stick to the principles of what emory is trying to coach into us and while well, we made one mistake in the first 60 seconds apart from that i don't remember there being many
0: uh, another brighton shot on target
1: no um Again, we'll go on to it. Maybe Luca Dean should go a a penalty and there was a couple of cagey moments, but that's Brighton are a good team. But in terms of on the ball, I don't remember us being particularly sloppy, which is good. But even if we were, that's okay because Emery wants to install a different philosophy and these players probably haven't played this way ever in their careers, apart from maybe a couple of them. So that's also what's very good to see. If we come out with a draw against Brighton, I'd be really happy because we've played Emery's way and we've got something from the game to win and to take six points from six, climb up to 12th. I think we're, not to get too uh, giddy, I think we're like three points out of the out of top seven, I think it is out of Brighton now. So if you compare where Brighton have been this season compared to where we yeah. were and now yeah. three points is on, you know, the only thing that's separating us, that's quite some turnaround. Like football is a long, it's a long season. A lot can change very quickly. and. um We've proven that we just need to come after the break, and you know, it's six or seven weeks away now, but it's nice to sort of dine out on, on this win for another, another couple of months, I suppose.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, at least another five weeks. So that's the last yeah. game now. We'll see to Boxing Day. You're right, though, because people would look at Brighton in seventh on 21 points you go, Oh, they've had a great season, and yeah. Villa have had a poor season, and it, three points is the difference. And yeah. they find it kind of semi interesting that we had nine points post Gerrard against Brentford, the Newcastle loss. Man United and today three wins out of four, which is a you know, it's a great record, really. And nine points with Gerard for the first, what, 10 games of the season? Would it have been 11 games of the season?
1: Yeah,
0: 11, um, yeah. so it shows kind of the limitations, which we all know anyway. I, I, I wish we'd made the decision sooner, but what will be, will be. That was not the case. Um, so where do we go next? Let's talk about very quickly, kind of conceding early because it's a stat that I, I tweeted uh, November the 11th. So what would that have been? Man United, yes. um, somebody asked about uh kind of goals Villa Villa conceding goals just after they'd scored them and um, so it's, it's happened a few times this season we spoke about it in the Man United show and somebody else tweeted saying I wonder how many of these times this has happened straight after kick-off so, including the first half in the game and first, um, first couple of minutes after the second half so it's Newcastle we conceded on the 51st minute Chelsea the sixth minute Man City the 50th minute Palace the seventh minute Bournemouth the second minute then obviously today 48 seconds or whatever it was yeah. so the six occasions they were able to have conceded in the first couple of minutes of a game or the first couple of minutes after the restart that's a worrying trend that, that will need to be fixed at some stage and there's kind of different different conversations going on in the comments here about the kind of um what's it called when you what's the word like uh, substance versus style that kind of debate of how okay. you win and if you win ugly and that kind of thing Ultimately, that stat today doesn't matter that we conceded early because we've gone on to win, but still in the long run, those trends are a worry and you'd like to think that in the next half of the season, the remaining 21 games, is it? I don't want to see stats like that again where Villa will in the first five minutes of halves and they look sloppy from the off. You need to be sharp at at all times if you want to play that brand of football where you're ticking it around the back you can't have a moment where you switch off and you can't come out after the, the second half and be 1-0 up or 1-1 or whatever and concede straight away because heads will drop, crowds will drop and ultimately you will start losing results. Yeah. That's my kind of little negative moan out of the way. Ultimately, like I said, today it doesn't matter. But you, know, you can see it after 48 seconds, you're giving yourself an uphill task from from, from minute one, literally.
1: Yeah. Uh, it is a worrying trend. We can't get away from that. It's, you know, if we're going to pick out a negative, it would be that for me as well because um, it's not the first time I just say this season. It's become a... It's something that we keep doing but it's strange because you would have thought at the start of a game or the start of a restart that's when you would be most switched on so it doesn't yeah, it should work ahead i don't understand yeah. it um and that's something that opposition teams are certainly would, will be looking at as well I'm, I'm sure brighton the Brighton manager probably said as as soon as they start playing out, play out playing out from the back from the first couple of minutes be on them be on their toes because they don't mm. switch on for whatever reason and it's it's hard to put your, thing, your, your finger on it because you would have thought that that's something that the players are aware of now because you would know if you can see them too many goals from the start of, you know, as you say, an interval or whatever. Um, but for some reason, we're just not getting that right. Maybe in the first couple of minutes or whatever it may be from a restart, we just play to basics for a couple of minutes just to, you know, kind of get ourselves into the game. Yeah, it shouldn't it. be that.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah, it's a strange one though because it's such a basic, it's, it's Sunday league almost, you know, you know to start well and don't mm. give anything you know bizarre so it's a strange one it's a weird trend um, I don't know how you <laughs> kind of get that out of the players and I don't know how it sets in at the same it time. Takes time
0: it's something that takes time like I'm, I'm not digging it out as an excuse against my memory know. because he's had know, three games in charge, but it's just a it's frustrating crazy. thing that it's it's happened Thursday night, it's happened again today. But you know, like I said, ultimately it doesn't matter for today. Yeah. Um obviously AVFC, AVFC status has seven Aston Villa players were booked in today's game versus Brighton. That is the most in a single Premier League game in the history of the competition for Aston Villa. And it did feel like I'm surprised it's only seven to be honest. It felt like everyone got a booking in that last yeah. kind of ten minutes or so. I thought
1: um, the referee was a bit I don't know. I, I know it's we wasted. Hard, time, it? But it felt like everything was time wasting. Mm. I don't know. Like you see that almost every game. I think like one player would maybe run over to take a corner and they'd walk instead, and it would be a booking. Mm. A bit of a strange one. Like, I know some, like Martinez probably should get booked. A couple of others should have got booked, but seven I think was a bit excessive.
0: To be mm. fair. There's a lot. There's a lot of comments saying it, but about it being a lot of bookings and things like that. This one from Steve um, kind of intrigues me. That I want to get your thoughts. He said, "Love the win, of course, but embarrassed by the time wasting, play acting, and seven bookings. We are better than that, or should be." And my initial reaction to that is that we're not better than that. Frankly, that's where we are at the moment. We're not better yeah, yeah, than, yeah, we than having to. We've yeah. got to grind out points wherever they come. And, and you know, when you've gone behind, as we have many times before, and not won, and you are in a winning position at last, you do everything to hold on to that. I think yeah. Ashley Young slash somebody down, blatant yellow card. And he's talked a lot of times before about the, the kind of the dark out, dark arts of the game. And I think he was sat on the bench at some point, kind of screaming at players to, to hack somebody down or slow the game down. And that's what experience brings you at his age. And we do have to do a bit more of that at times. I feel like we are a little bit a bit weak-minded sometimes and kind of let things go and be a bit soft. I want to see us do that. I want to see us time-waste if we're winning. Yes, it's not attractive. Yes, it's frustrating. But we've won six points out of six, so... I don't think we are better than that. I think you have to win in whatever means whatever means you you can. Um, so yeah, for me, I don't really mind it. Do you? Do you care? No,
1: no, not to a Brighton or a top team. If we're going to Brighton and thinking that we're going to play ninety minutes and we're going to play great football and we're not going to now, like, we, we need to for half an hour slow it down, bring bring them down to a different level, make it hard for them get the win, get out with three points. We haven't won away for months. Like you got to do what you got to do, and mm. we are with six points out of uh, two games. Against United, we had to do it in a different way because we had a two-goal advantage, to be fair. But if we had a two-goal advantage against Brighton, we wouldn't be as uh, probably horrible to watch for a neutral. But I love it. Let, let, let's do it more often, you know, if, if we want to look I mean, away. You're, if
0: it. You're, we've talked about it before on the podcast, you know, different goalkeepers coming to Villa Park and, and time-wasting after 30 minutes or so, and you think, oh, this is taking the yeah. mic a little bit. That's, fine, that, yeah. that's a little bit different. And ultimately, if you do go on to to draw the game or lose it after you've been time-wasting early on, the opposition go, well, yeah, fair enough. Like you, You've been wasting time all game. When you're on the the, the positive side of it and you time-wasting and, and held on to the result, the result's king for me at the end of the day. I, I don't really mind what we do to get it. As long as yeah. I'm not cheating blatantly in terms of putting the ball into the with our hands or anything and, and seriously cheating. I don't see hacking someone down or letting them run on goal as cheating. It's just being smart for me.
1: I'd also say as well, we know we're not a bad enough team to go to every ground in the Premier League and rot out for trying to get three yes, points. yeah, agreed. Yeah. Places and hopefully we will win 2-0 and it will look good. Like we did with like Burnley last year and we won a couple Brent of places. this year? Be, yeah, We yeah.
0: win, win and play well yeah. and, and look, look yeah. good.
1: But for the state we were in, in terms of a form, we had to just get those three points. So it's a mentality mm-hmm. thing and I'm glad that the players can do that and get through it because if we tried it and we failed, then it's a bit embarrassing, and we probably think that's probably not the best way to play it. But now we've overcome that in the future. We probably don't have to spend half an hour um, doing the dark arts or whatnot. We can do 10 minutes of it instead. Uh, But no, we've got good enough players to go to Premier League grounds and not do that. But Mm. today was an exception, and again, it's probably not disrespectful to Brighton, but they're a very good team, and they've got really good players, and their home form's good. So I think we have to I I
0: wouldn't want to start a game at home to... Arsenal say and be time wasting for minute one yeah. nil, nil, and, and be really defensive and, and play a 6 4 four zero formation I understand that that you want to be better than that as a football side but you're away from home you've not won in for literally a year away from home um, you know <laughs> do what you got to do to get over the line I, I understand that it's game management isn't it was something we've, we've um, thrown at managers in the past for not managing the situation better Unai Emery's made five subs again for the, for the second game running using the best of his squad and has seen out the game to, to let us win back-to-back games in the Premier League for the first time in, in, in a while as well so yeah whatever don't mind it um, let's talk about the penalties, and we'll do these all in one go because there was a couple of shouts for the ones that weren't given, and one that was. I think it's yeah. three in total. So I, just, I was noting down things on my phone as, well, as I was watching. I put penalty. Nothing for a handball? Question mark for the one that came through from the corner. Uh, I thought even Jeremy Cowell was like, "Oh, well, it hit his arm there on the way through." I was like, "No one's saying it's a penalty, it, though."
1: It got nearly no airtime at all. It was just, a, yeah, "Oh, that well, was weird." And I thought it was a handball. Like, I don't want to see penalties unless it's with Villa. I don't want to see penalties begin given <laughs> for that. But we know of the, the rules of this, now. You can dink the ball. Uh, was there? Um, oh, I can't remember the why. Well, there's loads of them. you will just dink the ball and it hit their hit their arm when it's nearby. But that one's travelled from a corner and he still hasn't had time to move his arm out the way. No well. There was no. To me, that's uh, by the rules that we're going off. That is a handball and it got mm-hmm. absolutely no. Uh, as you say, no mention almost. And I was flabbergasted. But, that's a handball. It, it hit his arm it blatantly. Probably stopped concert from. Um, putting it either cross goal or scoring or whatnot but that's a handball judging by the rules and I don't again probably a bit harsh but it's hit him in the arm he's had more than enough time to react Um, so yeah to me that was a penalty gladly we had we obviously got the penalty soon after so it sort of wiped away you know kind of cancelled it out but that was fuming at the time I I thought that was a clear handball I was talking about
0: just talking about VAR, like interjection as well. We've talked about this millions of times on this podcast, about like when VAR can and can't get involved, and yeah. they can't get involved until an offside is given or whatever, and then they can go back and all these different things. But the one that they showed where it went out for a corner and the Brown player blatantly just blasted um, out for a goal kick. And again, boy, the country go, well, that should have been a goal kick. And they knew, like, seconds before it was yeah. even happened, before the when corner taker even walked over, when Deer's going mental saying, no chance, no chance. Yeah. So if they can watch it back and we can all see it within seconds. I don't know why VA Guard they don't have to get all the screen out and go mental, but they could just go right ref. Uh, that was actually a goal kick, by the way. Just give it a goal yeah. kick and we'll play on it. Could be so little and subdued, but they can't I get involved was... unless it leads to a goal. I just don't understand that at all.
1: I suppose um, it's the then it's every corner that they'd have a little look at. Did it you know skim yeah, off but his back? we
0: see stuff instantly but anyway, so
1: like that. I agree. It should just be a, oh, by the way, mate, that was clearly a goal yeah. kick. Okay, yeah, it
0: doesn't on. have to go for the screen and check it or anything. It just, yeah, yeah it do, again, doesn't matter in the end. But if they score off that and we lose, yeah, it's, it's hard margins. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: so the penalty that was given, I think it was a penalty. I don't have any complaints over it. But this kind of talking point isn't here to talk about the penalty specifically. But just that little movement, when getting involved and in threading a pass, McGinn being the, the most advanced player and making the run. And we've talked a lot about John McGinn as well. He's not been good enough this season. That, that's blatantly obvious, and he himself will know that as well. And we always have somebody in our comments, although I, I should know his name, and I'll forgive, forgive me because I'm sure they'll comment on this as well who's either a Scottish guy or is a, a fan of a Scottish club where, where McGinn was before. And he'll it, leave a comment all the time whenever we're kind of anti-John McGinn saying, like a big paragraph, like, for Scotland, he does this, he used to play this position, He's a play, he plays a number 10, much further forward, you'll see a different John McGinn. And I've gone to reply a few times and then I get sidetracked so or whatever. And I think, yeah, I see your comment, I understand it, I do, I've read it, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll mention it at some point. That's where I want him to be. If is going to be in this side, and I'm, I'm not sure he's at the level to take us up into the, the top six and there'll be a few players that, that I think I could level that out as well. Um, if John is going to play in this side, I'd rather him be a bit more further forward. I'd rather him go running, chasing somebody down, that kind of bulldog-like approach, sticking his backside in somebody and, and getting a shot away or something. And he was the one in that position to win that penalty in the first place. And like we said, the penalty was was baiting. I, I, I think we could all agree. But just that little move there and John McGinney's role in that. Um, I think it's important to point that out because we have been so kind of... John McGinn's been poor this season. So let's kind of flip the narrative for one game because he was better today. And it's yeah, no so coincidence he's further forward.
1: Yeah. And the way that it seems to be that Emery hasn't necessarily settled on that 4-2 two, two, two formation, but McGinn's not going to be playing in a double pivot where Kamara Dendonka and or Louise will play. He's mm-hmm. going to play in that more advanced role and that suits him, doesn't it? Because we don't want him sort of being, you know, we, we want shackles off John McGinn, don't we? And today he was definitely better. By no means is he, you know, the John McGinn that we all know and love in terms of the best level of what, you know, how he can play. Yeah. Um, but we know going further forward, that's what he can bring that, you know, he's not the quickest lad and a stupid a stup- hand, the left back was, but it was his power just to move ahead of him and kind of keep him at bay. And obviously win the penalty as well. Um, made me laugh. I don't know why Lewis Dunkey turned around as soon as he committed the foul and was wagging his finger at the referee right. and, Baffling. <laughs>
0: <Lied something. laughs>
1: he had a bit of a shocker anyway. Dunk, he got turned a few times. You had away the penalty. Danny Ing's goal, he got. Uh, he
0: Went himself a hot dog.
1: Yeah. Strange one that. I th- every, any of the time I watch him, he's usually a good player. But um... no, yeah. John McGinn, yeah, really good. And good for him that Emery is bringing in, using that formation at the moment at least, that definitely gets the best out of him. Allows him mm-hmm. to move into those positions where he can actually hurt the opposition. Because going the other way, it's just he can hold off a player and move the ball. But in terms of what those two pivots need to do in an Emory team, I don't think that's John McGinn's quality or what, you know, what he can bring to a team. Whereas, Lewis Kamara, you know, composed, good on the ball, very technical. Um, So, yeah, the balance in terms of that is probably favours McGinn.
0: Yeah, he's certainly got his limitations like a lot of players have. And if Bailey is not unwell this week, I imagine Bailey plays and McGinn doesn't. And it's, you know, potentially a different sort, a different, different outcome. But yeah, McGinn, probably his best game of the season so far. Um, So yeah, fair play to him. Um, on the other penalty, the Luca Dean one, I'm still not 100, 100 convinced what I think of that. To be honest, I saw it so many times. I started to feel like it was a penalty, and then at some point I thought, oh, is it <laughs> is it actually a penalty? I'm I'm not sure. I kind of feel like we've got a with one, but then you you do also think, well, there's ref, and there's the VARs. So if they've not given it, there's clearly a reason why. But now I'm probably just biased towards Villa and just going, ah, oh, I can't quite see the penalty there.
1: Uh, yeah, I'd love to agree, mate. But uh, the one angle is just he just smashed the back of his calf. So
0: yeah.
1: Like You look at that and it's a penalty, surely. I was watching the replay and you you just, because he was in slow-mo, you were just praying that you got the first contact on the ball. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You really didn't. So that's a penalty. And I don't, I hate the clear and obvious stuff because they never even follow that anyway. But maybe that's all I can think of, that the ref hasn't made a clear and obvious error because
0: Mm. the
1: ball, I don't know. And again, this is probably me being a Villa fan, but does that reward, should the reward of that for the Brighton player be? Spot kick from 12 yards to me, like, no. But the laws of the game is if you make a foul at yeah, any point, yeah, but all the handball, but like to get a penalty for that, it's like, okay, whatever. But to me, yeah, it, it is. He's, he's he's poor from Dean, really. But apart from that, I actually think he had a really good game. He shut the right wing down all the time. Um, but no, I think that's a penalty because he's, he's he hasn't won the ball, as he? he's just gone straight through him. So we got away with that.
0: There's a few comments saying it was and a few saying it wasn't. It was coming together between two players. I was on the ball, not the player in my opinion. That was from uh, Jamie. Um, Someone else said about it wasn't a penalty because Mark ran into him making the contact, not the other way around, which, yeah, I can kind of agree. But I looked looked at it first. I went, oh, defo pen. Here we go. Like classic. What's going to happen here? Then my timeline on Twitter was full of people going, what's Jamie Carragher talking about? Never a pen and all this. And I started to think, well, maybe I'm wrong then maybe maybe it isn't depending I'll just start getting swayed by other people on the commentary Jamie, Jamie Carragher by the way I thought Jamie Carragher oh, was a, bizarre, bizarre throughout, to be honest but that, that that incident in particular he's like oh we have got the Brighton fans sat behind us Brian, what do you all think about that everybody and they going, oh yeah penalty like, what are they going to say what do so you expect to say that's an unbiased piece of commentary I've seen I like, I like Jamie Carragher as well but that was Utterly bizarre that was from Jamie. Yeah, uh, what, yeah, what do the Brighton start fans think? Of course, I think it's a penalty. Jesus Christ! Um, <laughs> yeah, we got away with one, and uh, again, ultimately, this is an of the awesome podcast. Who cares, right? We won the game. I, I'm not bothered yeah. to be honest to go into it in too much detail. Um, another couple of things on my notes. Again, What well, let's get a little bit of a negative out of the way, or, or a faux negative, let's say. I thought Martinez was shaky to begin with. There was a couple of occasions I just thought, I'm I'm not not quite convinced. So again, I saw a few tweets saying, I already got an eye on on the World Cup and and these kind of things, which I don't fully buy from the things that I've heard about Martinez's character in the past. I think he's certainly kind of fully focused. I just thought, again, this is a kind of easy, easy journalism link to link two things together that probably don't exist. So forgive me for this. But Olsen... Didn't have a great game on Thursday night. Martinez has been shaky. He's obviously, he's played the pass. Um, I think there's that corner as well where Brighton will go direct his position into poor, but he's right, kind of raced back and got a hand in it. Um, I'll just put Neil Cutler leaving. Possibly having an effect. The goalkeeper coach that has been there for, for a couple of years that I've got a relationship with. Now it's a new coach coming in. It's different things, different ideas, different sessions. Just two goalkeeper performances in a row that weren't kind of brilliant but then. Again, Martinez is, is okay after that. Brighton don't really threaten and we win the game, so why am I even bringing this up as a negative? It's just one of the things that I noted down. I just thought, well, you know, possibly, possibly something there.
1: I th- if you take it in isolation, has Olsen and Martinez and the rest of the goalkeeping department been disrupted by Neil Cutler leaving? Absolutely, because it's mm-hmm. such a... Yeah, not a simple, but it's, uh, what is it, like four four goalkeepers and two coaches maybe, one main coach. It, they're bound to have a disruption. It's not the same, uh, not my desk. It's not the same, um, it's not the same fluency. It's not the same, you know, say sessions. It's bound to have an impact, but I don't know if we can relate it in terms of being shaky or not. I actually thought Martinez was okay. It was just the mistake. If you're going to make that mistake in the first 60 seconds, I don't think you can have the best of games from then on. It's hard to no, get you sure. didn't have that, I don't think we'd be bringing it up necessarily. You know, mm. I don't know. Uh, maybe he needed like a big save and then it would be saying same goal, but he rectified it and it's fine. I don't mm. know. But And um, obviously the old one, it's very similar errors in terms of a sloppy pass and one more so than the other, of course. But yeah, I think you raise a point, Dan. There's obviously going to be a disruption. Again, I think I'm happy just to take these six weeks off now. You know, yeah. two weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Every player can just settle. The management can settle. And as you say, little things like that, the goal- goalkeeping department, it, it's happened in the last week. Cutler was here one day, he's not the next, and all of a sudden you're working with a different a different coach who's probably got completely a, a different idea, never been to bottom before. Um, completely different for both goalkeepers, different for the whole squad. So we've got out of it and now we can move on. So yeah, six points in the bag, we can move forward. So yeah, really happy with that.
0: It's the, it's the wire playing, isn't it? They're clearly insisting on playing out yeah. from the back. What are your thoughts on playing out from the back? Again, we've spoken about this, I don't know if you and me, but on the podcast we've definitely spoken about it, how there is frustrations there at times, and you think, oh God, just go long, get rid of it, I can feel my bum clenching, I'm nervous, <laughs> that it's just going to roll into our net or something, just like, get rid. Yeah. Um, but it's the risk versus reward, isn't it? If it works, and you invite the press in, and, and you can get past it, and you're on the counter-attack, and you score, you go, well, that was what we played out from the back, that's why we take the risk, I understand that. But it is going to take time, and it's only been a few weeks, Oh, literally a couple of weeks since and since Emery's been here, it's been three games. That's something that will come with time. Um, But I kind of respect that. And I've, I've said this before as well, that if you're committed to playing a certain way and a certain idea, you do have to kind of just stick with it, even if you are going to go through bumps in the road, because inevitably we will make mistakes like we did today, because we've got to get used to it to get good at it. We're not going to get good at it if we stop playing it now and bring it back in six months' time. You've got to be consistently training it every day and playing it every day as well. I just, I'm just not quite convinced yet that we've got the, the players to do it in terms of Mings and Konza. I don't think they're comfortable playing on the ball. M- Mings probably more so than concert to be honest. But again, if Unai Emery in two years' time can put two centre-halves to play that system, and they know they're going to play that system where they're expected to turn with the ball and play out from the back under pressure, and they've coached on it for, for six, 18 months, you go, right, I understand why we're doing this. But you've just got to accept that occasionally things will go wrong because they're not used to it at the moment. Or stick by your principles and, and it'll work.
1: Yeah. Hopefully. And, <laughs> and, and we have Carlos coming back as well, don't we? we yeah, we that's so. true. Yeah, forgot all about rehab. him. Gone really, gone really well. That's an injury that can really debilitate you. But in terms of his rehab so far, you'd hope that he can kind of get back to the shape he was in a couple of months, hopefully. Um, and he's a player that we know that can do that role. Uh, I, I agree. I think we have to kind of take it and sort of take the hard times with it as well because although we've made two very similar mistakes in the last two games, that doesn't mean that... And by the way, he's not going to scrap it. So even if the fans were, um, you know, impatient with it, or as you say, a bit shaky, nervous, uh, then we're just going to have to... (laughs) You know, that's not going to change. Emery's going to stay the way he wants to play. And I said earlier, like, we're doing it, with winning games with Emery's principles, without his players yet, or without our players knowing them exactly, and we're not particularly fluent. And you can tell that because there are moments where we play one pass and then the other, and then we don't know where the next balls go in. Mm. But then, in the, in the coming months, you'll get, you know, if you if you pass five, you play five balls. Suddenly, that'll become seven or eight passes in a row, and the, you know all, all the link at play and just say the fluency between different passages of play that'll all become much clearer in the coming months and that has to happen we, we've got to start from somewhere haven't we mm. so yeah it's just a shame we've made two critical errors in the last two games <laughs> yeah
0: that's the only reason we're talking about it if we didn't make it if, if Olsen didn't do it on Thursday and Martinez is the first time anything you know that's happened we probably don't even mention it to be honest it's only yeah, because it's two games in the last three or four days where we've had basically the same error happen twice and lead to a goal this isn't yeah. just that Martinez did it in the first six seconds and we all go oh my yeah. bum's clenched then. That was dangerous, but we've got away with it. It's, they've both yeah. led to goal. I don't want I mentioned my bum clenching so much, but it's led to <laughs> two goals in two games in a row. That's why it's a talking point. But I believe yeah. that if you stick with it and you stick with your principles and you learn it and get used to it, it will work at some point. It doesn't, it's already like, working to an extent, but I want to see it work every time.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's a bit of a, I don't know, it's a bit, I don't know how to say it, but in English football, it can be frowned upon sometimes and I don't really know why. Again, mistakes do happen, but... If you look at most teams in Europe, the way that they play is playing out from the back. The top seven, top eight teams in the Premier League play out from the back. Look at the way that Fulham battered us last month playing out well, from the back. Yeah. And yeah. that's championship team, bar, again, they were in the championship. The players are obviously better than that. But apart from like Pallionier and a couple of others, they completely done us. And that was from playing out from the back. And then we're sitting there thinking, oh, we can't play that because we're a bit nervous. No, it's going to take a few months and we're going to have to take, um, take it as it comes. But we'll get there. And again, we're working working in the We're not yeah. on a, like with Gerard. It was going from game to game, and I don't know what we're doing. I, I, no, the fans don't know what shape it is, what system. Where where is build up coming mm-hmm. from? Why why you know? Loads of questions. This is we know what we're getting, and yes, it might be difficult to watch sometimes. But once the players can adapt, then great. And if they can't, then maybe new players come in. But it's Emery's it's Emery's toy. This is his thing. We just got to you know go with it. And again, six points out of six. It's hardly like we've
0: yeah, yeah exactly yeah
1: yeah played poorly and we've made loads mistakes. It's just a shame they've made those two critical mistakes as say. But no, you got to you got to play the way
0: you want. Yeah, ultimately today it doesn't matter, so it's, it's not worth going in too much. There's a comment from me and it says, I can forgive mistakes, but even when we lost, you felt that we understood what happened in the game. Stephen and Joel were just spout uninspiring nonsense, which, yeah, is what you just said. You can at least see what we're trying to do. If you know we're trying to play out from the back and you concede okay. and lose a game because of that, you kind of go, obviously it's frustrating. None of us want to lose and we'd come on a podcast after... Know, ranting and raving about why it's annoying but you kind of go well that's what we're trying to do and every so often it's not going to work Mings is, is the perfect example if you want him to play on the ball and play play a pass or you know do a pirouette and, and get out of trouble every so often he's going to make a mistake and he'll be yeah. lambasted for that but you kind of it's the risk first reward thing again um again my, my kind of last note here was mentioned that the the kind of moments of combination i thought Ings and ramsey linked up very well Th- throughout the game Ings hold up play or kind of flicks off to, to different players midfield runners i was a little bit concerned before the game about ing's playing up front on his own because it's not it's not his natural game but he's far less isolated than he would have been in gerrards 433 that's very narrow and there's no one near him you've got midfield runners getting near him again Wendy, ramsey and they're all supporting him so he's playing up front on his own as the lone striker but he's not isolated he isn't alone up there yeah. So impressed by him. Uh, i see him on the score sheet. I took. I think he took his finish pretty pretty well. Obviously, the penalty straight out of the middle, which is <laughs> not brilliant, but he went in. So again, it doesn't really matter. Uh, some great celebration photos from that, by the way. I can't flash up any on screen because obviously we're live, yeah, really. but like, there was a flare went off and all the pictures looked brilliant for that second goal. Uh, but my last note, and this will, will end in a sec, I put, to simplify it, and this was at 1-1, I think, by the way, To simplify it, Brighton, effectively, a more polished, established version of what we are trying to be. Obviously, we've gone on to win the game, so that's kind of a moot point. But you can see that De has been there not that long, but they played the same or a similar style of football under Potter, and they have for for a while. They are playing out from the back. They have got this high aggressive press that worked in 48 seconds, and we conceded off the back of it. And you kind of look at their patterns of play and where we might get to pass three or pass four, and it breaks down they do get to pass six and seven and eight. And you can see this little move established out of nowhere. And it's not that we just want to be Brighton because it it isn't as simple as that, as I said, to simplify it. But I'm watching them thinking they are a team that has been coached this way for a a much longer time than Emery's Aston Villa that have done it for two weeks. And, you, oh yeah, November 1st, wasn't it? It's the 13th today. So (laughs) kind of that comparison between that's where we're heading Give it time, give it patience, give Emory what he needs. And hopefully, we'll see similar things than, we, than Brighton have. And as we said at the start of this, they're only three points ahead of us. So it's not like <laughs> this disaster chasm between, oh, they're at the top and we're in the bottom three. And um, so, with time, we've got the result today. Breathe, relax, and hopefully, it kind of all falls into place over the next year or two.
1: Yeah. No, there was there was a lot of comments, weren't there, by Sky and in, in the build-up and during the game. Oh, this is you know Villa need it to claw claw away from relegation, and I understand that. But as we've proven, we've we've won and we twelfth, and we're we're trying to look up, not downwards. I don't know mm-hmm. if that was just the narrative that they were trying to play, if Brighton could go fifth and we could you know stay in fifteenth or whatever. But uh, there's more teams in the Premier League that should be worried about that than us at the moment, which is you know from where we were even a month ago, you know having just sacked Gerard, that's mm-hmm. quite similar. Uh, but no, you spawn with what you said, there, Dan and. Brighton have proved how to, you know, develop players as well. Like Trossard is, he, yeah. Um, I believe we wanted him when Brighton bought him in 2019. I think it was for like 2017 million. I think it was, um, and he's a real, really good player now. That goal that he scored when you nudged, I think Cash was in the back, very soft, but gee, that finish was that was crazy. Yeah, Jamie Carragher uh, was
0: loving that as well. He's like, oh, let's see that again. It's like, All right, Jamie, was off. Yeah, you know, was rolled out <laughs> by the way. The whistle had gone,
1: mate. Yeah, uh, but no. So many players have developed under pot of their developed in a system. I'd like to think and it's much simpler, but we need to get our recruitment spot on now because we can theoretically attract better players than Brighton. Granted, and we can probably you know jump above them with you know by spending money, but that's not necessarily going to be the case, is it? Because we've shelled out you know three hundred million or something for the last couple of years, and they've probably spent a pit into that uh, and just developed players and sold them on for massive profits. So we need to be more. You know, well, better recruitment. Let's say that more effective recruitment because we've got half of the job now. We've we've got Emery, we've got a top elite manager, and we need to be giving him players that are going to play his brand of football. And I've seen a few things saying, "Oh, let Emery buy who he wants and whatnot," but that isn't. I don't think that's exactly how it works. Emery needs people around him to recommend players to. Yeah. You know, here's a list of five centre-backs instead of the one that you want and here's why they're better. You know There needs to be a discussion about that. It, and I'm sure there is, by the way, in Langer. Uh, there's, you know, he's obviously got a role to play in that and, and, and others at the club, the recruitment staff. But that's the next step for me. And obviously, January is around the corner. We need to stop. I know it's a bit of a rant, but I think it's in terms of where we're going in terms of the Brighton thing, we need to recruit well because, I so say, we've got one half of it done the elite manager, we need to start really pushing ahead now. And we've proven we've you know, we have got a decent core of players here. Add a couple more to what Emory wants. Hopefully we'll be okay. And then the second half of the season will be, you know, a very positive one.
0: Mm. We've seen, we've already seen uh, kind of two different examples of, of the way that Emory plays as well. I don't mean kind of from a tactical perspective, but obviously Man United, we go 2 and up in that game and, and control to an extent. We have yes. the setback of the own goal, but come back in the second half and score early ourselves and kind of assert that dominance and, and be in control at home. That's what I want to see, by the way. I want to see us be good at home and, and kind of go out to win away. But if you get a draw, you take that as a positive result as long as your home form is very good. And there were some comments pre-game about you know, one of the first things then we said is he wants to get the away form better and he, obviously he's done that today. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, today the, the opposite of of going down in the game first of all and having that mental resilience to, to fight back and, and take the lead and then almost not not throw the game plan out the window in, the, in, the, in, in terms of style of play but to go right get some defensive substitutions on let's sit back a little bit let's have a flat back five or flat back six at times let's all sit settle in we've got to grind this out now we've got to time waste we've got to play ugly a little bit to a certain extent because we have to see out this result and that's two 90 minute performances there where we can kind of learn so much from Emery's um, tactics and game management and compare that to I mean there'll be other people that stumble upon this that aren't, who aren't Villa fans going oh well, this is just like commonplace management in the Premier League but having seen what we saw under Steven Gerrard for 12 months it's night and day, Emery, yeah. Emery's management to, to Gerard
1: You've made a real the point you made then about, we were saying earlier about not moving away from a different style. We can see it in the first 60 seconds and I think, watching it with my dad, the first thing that we said was, oh, well now that's the game plan done. But when you think about it, it's not, we're no. going to play the same way in each game because it's a consistent identity and that's something as Villa fans we haven't seen any other time than we would. We'd be saying to Wendy, i oh, play as a 10 and then we'll move into the strike or bring Cameron Archer on when Ramsey gets injured or whatever it is. But it was a consistent identity throughout and yes, the 30 minutes at the end had to be different but that's because we had to just get that win. Mm. But, we know that in any other game we'd be playing the same, and yeah. And I'd like just... to see
0: other games in that same scenario as well, where Villa don't sit back and go right. Let's play a six-four-zero. Let's let's go for the third goal. Let's let's kill the game. And that's probably something we'll see at Villa Park more so than than away from home. I think. Let's assert uh, just... our dominance in this game now.
1: Yeah, it was just so important to get the win today. But I really like the point about we can see in the first minute, but it doesn't change the approach. We're not going to mm. panic. Instead, if anything, that probably woke us up a little bit because we literally conceded because we weren't, you know, as I say, we weren't uh, at the rate in the first minute because we that's how the goal came about. And after that, we responded really well. And that's a sign of good character. Um, so, yeah, six week break now. Let's move ahead and carry on. Johnny window coming up too. We don't need to spend loads of money. But if he can drop a couple of players in where he needs to, then, yeah, as I say, three points out of Europe. And I don't expect us to be getting there. If we can finish the top
0: in Europe. Oh, God.
1: <laughs> if we can finish in the top half, that would be perfect. That that'll be a really good season. And not to win it on a negative, but a real shame about the Carabao Cup if we can get another cup run as well. But there's plenty yeah. to look forward to. There's, considering where we were a month ago, it's, as you say, it's night and day. There's We were a calamity. We really were. We were going nowhere. Um, so, yeah, what a difference the appointment of Emery has made so far. Yeah, I know. Like,
0: Premier League clubs appoints proven manager in shock horror. They get better. Like breaking news, everyone. Like, I mean, what did we expect to happen? I, I, I expected today. I didn't expect six points, but I expected an upturn to have a an actual manager in charge compared to Steven Gerrard, who was, let's face it, frauding his way through the job t- towards the end. Um. So yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's not really a shock horror that experienced manager manager starts to make changes that 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 lead to points that's, that's his job that's what he bought in for um but yeah six points i don't think anyone would have would have been able to have foreseen that before um i think that does us mate for this podcast i so thank you very much for jumping on me this afternoon i said we try and keep it to half an yeah. hour but we've gone down a couple of different rabbit holes there as we as we always do theme music yeah. by the way they don't want to give any any comments on theme music because if no one says it's it's bad i'm keeping it if everyone says it's bad i'll change it again i guess uh <laughs> anyone's not seen it I'll play it on the outro in a sec but we have so many so many comments over it because more people have watched the channel over the last couple of weeks with the the Balagay interview and O'Neill we've had a lot of views in the last week and people start to go yeah, the podcast is good, but the theme music's crap. We've had it for three years. Like, This is just what we have. I can't be bothered to keep changing it. Um, But if it is terrible, let me know and I will change it. Um, Should we plug the O'Neill interview before we go? Should we end on that? Uh, If anyone's not seen it, we spoke to Martin O'Neill this week in an exclusive interview. Yes, he's plugging his new book, but there is some stuff in there that um, is not not been said before about the way he left Aston Villa and the regrets that he has. So, John, um, thank you for your time. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll end with the podcast trailer for Martin O'Neill, and we'll be back on Tuesday or Wednesday with a, another episode. I don't know what it is because we're not playing any games now, but we're still doing stuff. Oh, it's currently live next week as well, on Friday, so if you haven't got your tickets for that yet, there'll be a link below, but I think it might be sold out now. Um, so, right, everybody, thank you very much for watching. Here's Martin O'Neill, and uh, we'll see you again in a few days. The book that I want to emerge is Martin O'Neill's memoirs. Oh, I'd love um, to get him on a podcast. Oh, I I mean, it's not going to happen. With... I don't think it will happen, mate. Martin they need to to
1: Nice Hello. How,
0: How are you? Pleased to see you after all these years. it Yeah. Still does it still? It still oh, okay. Of course, of course it does. Me too. <laughs> Absolutely, it really rankles with me because it's a sending off offence.
1: It's the rule of the game.
0: I was desperately wanting Aston Villa to get into the to the Champions League, which is what I thought that all the Villa fans would want it. This was the last 32 of a competition. We're playing a lot of games that season. If leaving at the football club taints everything about it, there's absolutely nothing I can do about it. Would I change, would I do, do it differently? Absolutely. Thank you for listening to Claret and Blue, and Aston Villa podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let us know. We love hearing your feedback. We'll be back soon with another episode. Until then, up the villa.